0: make me feel better. She says, you look like a Greek.
1: How you doing? I'm doing good, doing good. Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you perfectly. All right, awesome.
2: Yeah, so I'm doing this new series on my podcast and on my new YouTube channel about, uh, you know, certain comedians that I like and am influenced by. And uh, I figured, you know, I was just going to release an episode by myself, but I had this idea, like, I should talk to other comics that like these comedians and then uh do you know chris pernue
1: yeah 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 yeah
2: he messaged me about doing a mitch hedberg episode so i'm gonna do that with him and john beecroft oh yeah that's perfect i knew that you and uh kyle colorado liked uh kyle canane so i was gonna have you on and then i'm gonna have him on and i'll spice it all together with like three of our opinions and uh I'm happy that you asked me to do uh, Trampoline in the Ditch, because i listened to that album a whole bunch.
1: Yeah, Seriously. I mean, I, I've listened to it, it's probably the only comedy album that I've listened to more than twice.
2: Right. Yeah, it's just, I, I just like it so much. And it, it came out in such a, like, great time in, like, July of 2020, like, right around yeah. when COVID started. And Yeah. Like, my big thing about Cal that I love about his stuff is just he's he's what I aspire to do in terms of being, like, honest on stage about yourself. Yeah. Like, the one thing that I love about him is he just totally has his thing down. Like, Pete Holmes talks a lot about that on his podcast. Of, like, just knowing as a comedian yourself. Like, it's not from this album, but from, like, his second album he calls himself uncle barbecue telling his <laughs> dumb stories yeah. and that's like perfect to describe him. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, he just has this, like the way that he figured himself out to be like, this is what I am. This is my essence. This is everything that I am has really been cool. And yeah. I just, I wanted to know like, what is the thing that you like about him? Because what I like about him is like his pop culture references are like both obscure and like mainstream at the same
1: time (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah i mean definitely that my my favorite thing about his comedy specifically is how he he picks the exact words to describe the exact like i don't think there is one person in any of his audiences who is unable to picture what he's saying Oh yeah. He's he's so exact with his descriptors and like he's got I think it's in trampoline in a ditch where he's talking about like um a crusty old pair of basketball shorts. Oh yeah,
2: during the uh the whole bit about how he has the um,
1: the race the cars, whole, like the
2: miniature yeah, car. mini- <laughs> cars, <laughs> cars. He
1: he describes these these things as uh, yeah. uh, breaking that down bit. on a molecular level. Oh yeah. And like just the delivery of that is yeah. so perfect cuz like you know you can see these things like when he moves dust comes off them. Like right. he, he,
2: yeah. That I, I bit... did... Oh sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off.
1: Oh yeah, no. I mean yeah. I I just yeah. I I really like uh like that's why I like I liked when they did the animation of his stuff like Oh yeah. I felt so bad for him because he
2: went to Comedy Central to do it and they told him that they wouldn't do it and he's like, I was the voice guy for you guys for eight years, yeah. what's on? and then I saw, uh, what pissed me off was I saw Tignataro got a uh, got a special recently for that for HBO, did that for her like an yeah. animated thing, and then I saw a joke from Family Guy on there and I was like oh, shit I <laughs> <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs> it would have been way better for him to have his yeah. thing but the animation that he did get was, like, perfect.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, like, the, I don't have old... it
2: listed here, but the, the like, old Kyle, like, there's no old Kyle.
1: Yeah.
2: And the animation of that
1: <laughs> is so <crazy>. great. <laughs> was it, like, a Red Bull sponsor? Yeah, he like, Red Bull sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I mean, yeah. he, he has just a, a way of, like... Picking topics that seem so obvious, but you're like, I never thought of that.
2: Right. Like, you were the one thing that you mentioned with that bit about the, uh, the like sweatpants, the like shorts, and that whole like thing about the motorized, like the, the, uh, the cars is like that bit kind of reminds me in the same way of his, I think it's from his first album, it's like the last track, it's like the insomnia bit where he talks about uh, like microwaving like food from volcano oh
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like
2: <laughs> it's like he talks about this whole thing of like he gets this idea at the middle of the night <laughs> as <a> song, yeah, <laughs> like, this whole fantastical thing where he's like well you can't do that because you're not going to get enough meat <laughs> yeah <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> and it's like the way he just explains stuff and yeah
1: he and like He's not he's not afraid to go into to darker subjects like on the trampoline on a ditch. Like he talks about himself so honestly that like, uh, you know, like his mind just always goes to the dark places. Right. Of course. He can't enjoy nature. He's he's sitting there watching the waterfall and then his brain goes what if a waterfall is just water trying to kill itself? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, why can't you just let me
3: have this? Yeah. That's like the
2: one thing that I love about his, like, I know we're jumping around, but one thing I like about his first album is just like, that whole story of like, they asked him to do an album and he was like, okay. And he's like, I'm not really like, I failed at all my dreams. (laughs) And that's the like, that's the like album that made him. It was like his debut album. It's like, yeah. I remember I listened to it and then a couple of months later I saw Daniel Tosh and I don't remember any of Daniel Tosh's like set it had to be from his 2011 special but I just remember that Kyle Kinane came out and I felt like I was the only one in the audience who knew who he was. <laughs> it's like, who's this open? Yeah, it's Kyle yeah I
1: mean, that's that's the, the tragic uh, position uh, like w- with comedy, like really, until you're famous, most people do not know you, other than yeah. the hardcore comic heads. Like, like I was talking to somebody about Mike Cannon the other day, and they're like, "Who?" And I'm like, "You don't know who fucking Mike Cannon is?" Like, they weren't a comedian, but like, right. it, it didn't click in my head that like, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's not on fucking Comedy Central or MTV. Like, you have no re. You're not going to remember him from, uh, what's it, the, the Man Facts or whatever that show was that, he, right, like did the little talking head on. Right. But, uh, it, that's the sad, sad, like Kyle is a perfect example of that. Someone who's toiling away in obscurity that, like, I really feel like deserves a lot more credit than he gets. Oh, yeah. Because he is, he is an artist. Like, I, I recently watched his half hour on uh, the stand-ups. Yeah, yeah. That half hour is goddamn masterful. The KKK bit the KKK is perfect. The KKK bit is fantastic. It's the best take on on it that I've heard. And, like, I've heard that take before. Right. But he dissects that in a way that is hilarious.
2: Oh, yeah. And, and it's it's so interesting that he went into that route of... Like, you wouldn't consider him a political comic at first, but it's such a, like, I think that's what's so great about it is, like, yeah. you know, I remember he had the same – this happened in a major way with Jim Gaffigan with his whole thing that happened on Twitter. But, like, Kyle was like, how can you listen to any of my stuff and, like, like it as a conservative? But I'm like, I can kind of see it with, like, the working class, like, type of vibe, too. yeah.
1: Yeah. so like, I, mean, I can see how that can get confused He's like, definitely so... got a salt of the earth feel to him he's definitely <laughs> yeah. midwest like midwest but he also
2: has that punk rock thing that is just like i love the aging punk rock thing that he always talks about is like yeah. one of my favorite lines from the adventure track where he talks about like traveling and cassie talks about the uh how he's, like, he He still watches skate videos, like, skateboard videos. Yeah, yeah but people, now he
1: identifies with the security guys.
2: <laughs> like, the guy that they're being And he's, like, I love this line. And it's just, like, the pop culture reference. Again, it's, like, and you can totally, like, picture it in, like, an animation of, like, you go to bed, Gigi Allen, and you wake up, Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, my favorite line of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's
3: like, that's exactly <laughs>
1: yeah yeah and like uh i the the skill of stand-up that he is able to demonstrate like if you if you break down like the pacing of his jokes yeah able to plow through punchlines in a way because he talks over laughter
2: right he talks over laughter
1: but if you if you really listen to what he's saying over that laughter, it's almost nothing that is important. There's like little keywords that you can pick up while you're laughing. Right. And by the time you're almost ready to be done laughing, he's already he's at the next punch and he, he's right. hitting you with it. So it's like rolling laughter when he gets into it. And then he knows too, like when to all right i need to give them time this is where i i now we're taking this curve and he won't even he doesn't even allow you to question the direction he takes because he gets super silly yeah and he gets and i always wonder how how do you get to the super silly and watching him like i'm starting to realize that like If I wanna get to silly, like I have to be able to carry you and not let you think. And like he, he does that masterfully.
2: Yeah. Like to me what I love about it is he when I like first started to look at him from like a technical standpoint, it's so funny that he doesn't consider himself like, he knows that people think he's a storyteller. But he's like, I'm not a storyteller. I just prolong everything.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Just
2: make it longer. And it's just, like, the way he talks about
1: everything. It's just, like, you know. It's, yeah. And it, it's, and he's he's literally, he's a, a Swiss Army knife, too. Because if you go to that, that stand-up special, you know, like, I, I don't, I've only seen him do that. I don't think I've seen anything other than clips online where I was yeah. like, watching him, uh, but he does physical comedy and that it's subtle.
2: Oh yeah, but it's he, subtle.
1: Like he, like the he, knife fit. table, and then the when he does the guacamole on the the KKK robe, right? Like it's so subtle because he you almost like don't expect it, right? I I just think he is. If if you watch him, he's like a master class. If you if you if you can if you can not laugh <laughs> if you can uh like block out that it's funny, if you're right. able to do that, watching him is a master class, I think.
2: Yeah. The other bit that's like so hard for me to do now is because I wrote it around the same time. That the album came out. This happened with Mark Norman too, with a couple jokes where it was like, they're not the same joke, but they're similar to mine. Is the uh the whole bit about urgent care.
3: Uh, and he goes there yeah. and he's like, I think
2: it's like a high school <laughs> taken over while I was going there because there are no doctors.
3: <laughs>
2: and in my view, you don't him, have like... to pay them, they don't have the the <laughs>
1: drive to become real doctors. <laughs> yeah it's it, but it it's one like i i think a lot of topics overlap i mean going to open mics you know you'll hear about tinder five times in an hour yeah. but uh like a, a lot of there's always overlap because yeah. you have to talk about what's topical right you know yeah some things like like i like i have i have a bit that's not really anywhere near flushed out but it's about uh, being trans kind of in a backdoor kind of way right but that's only because like if you look at any news if i pull up apple news on my phone one of those articles is going to be about a transgender person right yeah you know, so like i i always say not to worry about right you know, like to me i always get
2: so protective because like to me, I have, like, a lot of, like, personal rules. And it's not that they have anything, like, oh, that bit's too offensive or the things. It's always small stuff. It's, like, I always don't want to do topical humor. I hate that because I'm, like, you know, it's – to me, my theory is, like, if it's going to be talked about by the late-night hosts at night, I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah, true. And, like, you know, you, you stay on Facebook with comedians. It's, like, the – catch one too because people are very funny but also like every topic that's in the news is taken by people and some people do it really well like mike laura he he writes like topical jokes super super well
1: yeah yeah but like well, to me, it's
2: like boring to me
1: yeah i mean oh. and i i get your approach too but i i think any time invested in writing a joke uh even if you don't you use that joke for like a month yeah. or one time you still had to like the pathways of writing that joke right yeah. are in your brain so like you're exploring opening up a new window like that's why sometimes I'll, I'll write topical things if it, it's something that interests me here but yeah i think i think you're right you know like if a late night host is gonna do it it's because he's got 40 writers right <laughs> who have
2: it's like you know, I see something happen in the news, like recently the uh, the um, the like Kurt Cobain thing with his oh, like band. Yeah, yeah. How he did like the the thing with the guy on the cover when he was a baby, and I'm just like, I can't do any jokes about that. <laughs> this is going to be done by tons of people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's
1: <laughs> so what like, I. I always, like, um, talking with Andre Mitchell, like, he, he's very much in the, yeah, I'm not going to touch topical stuff as well because it doesn't build his act. Right. If, if it's not building towards his hour. Right. He's he's very much like, I'm not going to focus on it. I mean, but also, like, there's, there's something to be said about, you know, being able to come into a room uh, that's hot or cold And to have a joke about that moment. Yeah. That will bring a crowd together. What blows my
2: mind. Is like how I naively thought. Like when I first saw. Like a comedian. Like I didn't know that was their bit. They were working on at the time. I thought it was the bit they started with. So like when I saw John Mulaney. I was like oh he talks about Law and Order all the time. Yeah. It's like no that's just recent. Like what he's doing. Yeah. So like. When I hear like the stuff that you know I listen to his podcast, and uh he he was on Matt Bronger's podcast, and I love the uh the relationship between them. It's so cool when you hear that on like another album when they mention a comedian, and it's like, oh yeah, they're friends, <laughs>
3: like yeah, yeah, it's
2: like when when like Patton Oszel mentions like Wayne Kapatch, it's like, oh yeah, they're
3: friends <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> like, I love that joke about how. And I remember reading in an article, like, early, like, one of his early sets, like, he did, like, on, like, years before it, the the story about the Terrifying Randy doll.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: And I was so, like, the one thing that I have is, like, I wish he had a picture of that that he could share on Instagram of the Terrifying Randy doll.
1: Yeah. Just to see what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. And that, that that's the other thing with, with Kyle Kinane. As much as I love him and I, I want to, you know, like blow him up as much as I can. He's a, one of the comics where I look at and like, I, I just, this is going to sound weird. It's not a diss on him. Right. But he's kind of a victim of his own uh i'm not gonna use social media right yeah, yeah. Like that's the one thing and i'm seeing like in he the, has such a the...
2: like and he has a healthy view towards it i understand because he thinks like oh it's terrible and like he'll tweet out jokes and he will tweet out some stuff but it's like not as problem and i think he just gets like annoyed by it
1: like yeah yeah <laughs> no. but like with with comedy in the position that it's in today
2: yeah like the one person who does it really, really well is Mark Norman. Like, you know, he got a lot of flack from older comics of like, you don't put your stuff out online like that, like all these jokes. And it's like, you know, he just does a joke every day for his Twitter. And it's like,
1: yeah, yeah. And like, I, I was talking with, uh, like, uh, James Camacho, uh, oh, yeah, last, last night. Uh, I was like, you, you know, you, you put out a lot of stuff, and he's like, yeah, some stuff I, I hold. Some stuff I put out, but it it if you look at like a lot of people who are headlining in today's world who maybe didn't come from the comedy, they didn't come through the normal circuits, they're still headlining. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like yeah, that they they might not have the ability to back it up when they get on there. But, I mean, it, if you can do both, you're going to be so much better off than, like, like if, if I were to say, hey, go check out Kyle kanane and most people, the first thing they would do would go to his Instagram. Right. And good luck getting to a clip of his stand-up. Like I, right. I, you know? Yeah. I'm sure that's what's there, but there's not a lot of it
2: yeah i mean to me i always get so frustrated with people because like to me uh i listen to comedy in a very weird way that a lot of people don't a lot of people watch it through youtube and through netflix now and i watch i listen to everything through spotify yeah. and like i listen to albums all the time I always try to find new ones always try to find i have this playlist called cry laughing and favorite jokes and it's just like any joke that makes me laugh out loud i and makes me cry like laughing. I put on there, and you know, I have like eighteen <laughs> name bits on there. like...
1: yeah. I mean,
2: you know, it's like trying to search that out. And it's like there's always new comedy albums out. And the funny thing is, like, if there's a new like comedy album out, I can I can look up on Facebook the person and be like, oh, I have like fifteen mutual friends
3: with this person. Yeah, has yeah. It's <laughs> <Yeah,
2: yeah. laughs> still so funny, yeah. but it's but just. That's... It's hard because everyone has their different way that they, they look at stuff. Like, yeah, Andrew Schultz is huge on YouTube, and like, the only thing I do is I watch people's reactions to comedy on YouTube. I'm like, oh, that's what they're reacting to now. And be like, that's what people like.
3: Hmm,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, get you, like, it's, I, I like, I still will, will shoot Kyle Canadian's horn as much as I can, because I mean. So even to write in the way that he does, if you break down like one bit of his, there will be I, like, if it's a, like a, even a three minute bit, I, I guarantee you there's like 60 jokes. Oh, yeah. Metaphors. Metaphors. Similes, and... Alliteration. Like he's right. If he like, I don't know. Does he have a book? I don't think so but if he were to write a book i guarantee you he'd be a best-selling author oh yeah like, for sure because he, he's so literary so yeah
2: i love I, his uh he has a joke about that how like he was in creative writing and he's like it gave me nothing it's just like it's like now when i see like he's like uh he was like now I just say stupid stuff to people. <laughs> it's like I think good writing. He's like, you know, like two trucks yeah. are driving next to each other. It's like those two cars look like they're trying to fuck each other. <laughs> <It was> <laughs> like...
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, that's what um
2: he's was, he was, he's just so great. I love that. Like just that, the whole entire like I'll listen to something, and like the only thing that I don't like is like sometimes I'll get like uh. You'll miss, you have to not listen to him for a while to get some bits like to like them again. Cause like they can just be so like way too much to listen to just time wise.
3: Yeah. That's the
2: one thing that he does that's so great is like this is like a 15 minute joke. Yeah. Yeah. As long I mean, as you all listen to this. Stuff
1: ditch, the whole thing is what like almost two hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and, you know, it's, I think re- it's, I think it's two shows yeah it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous two
2: shows yeah and it's kind of reminds me of his second to last album which was like have that too where he's like I have a bunch of jokes that don't really fit onto this <laughs> <laughs> they're just extra stuff and it's like that's just so great that he can do like yeah. I know we're not talking about it but one of my favorite bits from the uh the one that is you know I love all the different names that he has for his one but the one that he did that I think was like twenty sixteen was the uh the like all meat all beef hot dog that he did for each track was like the uh the recipe for it and one of the bits on it he talks about how like if he switches jobs with someone else as a comedian like he switches jobs with a Benny Hanna chef and he's like how would I even like do that? It's like, this table's on fire.
3: <laughs> what do? <I> do?
2: <laughs> and he's like, that guy has to go see my joke, my job. And he's not going to think it's as easy. Cause I don't write stuff down anymore. I just write jokes, topics. And then like at the affirmations of like, you got it, buddy. So, <laughs> so yeah. just look at it. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just look at it. I love one of the jokes from me. He's like, don't say uh, what is it? Um, oh, I can't remember it. But it's just like the stuff that he comes up with is so uh, like ingenious. genius, and just to to get along with it. And that's the one thing that I just love. He just he, he just has such a way with words. And yeah, yeah, that's the one thing that I really love
1: about him. Yeah. I mean, no, I don't think anybody selects words better than, than Kyle name. Yeah. And this just,
2: I'm like, I wish I could
1: write like that. Yeah. Um, well, one of my favorite quotes about like, uh, I, I forget who is like a famous author. Maybe it's Mark Twain or I don't, I don't know. Or maybe Ernest Hemingway. He's like the difference between the right word and the almost right word is the difference between static shock and lightning.
4: Right, yeah,
1: and and I don't know that Kyle Kinane works on finding the right words, but he always seems to find them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he
2: does, and it's it's such a it's such a crazy like thing to just look at. Like that's the one thing I love about him and like Jim Gaffigan is like the prolific stuff. Like that's what I like. like. Yeah, when you listen to a lot of comedy on Spotify, I think that's what you like because you're like. You want it all. So you're like, oh, the whole anthology of everything. And Cow is so great because he just stays like, like I love him just mastering himself. Like I always say, like him just realizing, like, one of my favorite, like, parts of that joke that he has where he, like, describes, like, sort of, like he doesn't play a character, but, like, who he is as a person. And he's like, no one's going to get shocked when they see me getting in a, about to get in a fist fight with a manager at Red Lobster about if the moon landing. <laughs> <was big. laughs> it's like, you know, it just, like, yeah. so great. And I really like how it's like he can talk about negative things and it never comes off as sad or, like, depressing. Because yeah. that's the one thing I always struggle with is I want to do, like, really self-deprecating stuff. But then it's like the crowd pulls back on you. And it's like, you no, know, this is supposed to be silly <laughs> yeah
1: Yeah, that's that's the you know that's uh, that's his many years of of doing it because you need to learn how to what facial expression what cadence like I have a joke that I still can't figure out it's kind of a self-deprecating joke but not really but like still like sometimes I'll say it and I hear it a verbal awe. And right. I'm like no <laughs> Yeah.
2: That's like I always say, like I'm not like an anti like you know, like oh you know, like cancel like stuff is like oh that's a whole big deal. I'm like I never feel like that. And then someone will other might also be like, This is censorship <laughs> 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 let me make fun of myself a little bit, but the one thing that I really like about like influences me, that's the last thing I'll kinda of say is like with Daniel Tosh and like Kalkanane, it makes me realize, like, oh, you can do stuff like that. Like, you can write out a long form bit, and as long as you work at it, like, people won't get sick of it. Like, that's my biggest thing that I always worry about is like, if I'm going to write this long form bit of everything, it's like, how, mu- how long is it going to be until people get sick of seeing it over and over yeah. again?
1: Yeah. And that's, <clears throat> i mean that's one the benefit of being big enough where you're in front of audiences instead yeah. of comics yeah but also like if, if you if you really like when you're in the middle of that bit if you were to have like minute by minute how many words they're saying in that minute it would be very varied oh because yeah. the pacing the the whether they're they're carrying you through they don't either they're not giving you time to question or they are giving you time to question because they're going to answer your question. And like, it, it's why it's, I'm telling you, like, I, I, I can see what he does now. I don't know how to do it, right? but, but watching it is like, ah, like that's, this is how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> right. And it's such a
2: shame. Like i like, you know, And that's the one thing that I like about comedy. And it's the same thing that I like with, like, pro wrestling is, like, you don't have to, like, someone doesn't have to be super famous for you to know who they are. It's just, like, they're a part of that genre. And I think that's the one thing that was, like, kind of disheartening when I went to see Gary Goldman. Like, my mom was impressed by him, but she's like, why isn't he famous? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's
1: it's weird. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean it's that's the thing too like where like it comes into the what comedy is today famous is uh, so yeah. like i like i i i don't know i struggle with what the answer is whether i'd rather yeah. be famous or respected
2: yeah that's the one thing that's big like i love how he he had this current thing where he was like on all these podcasts and he's like He's like, I wish I could be canceled because people would actually know my bits. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he has that one bit where he's like, he likes going to Trader Joe's because of like the sort of yeah. racism there, <laughs> and he's like, I do all the accents that are offensive. <laughs> he's like, if anyone listened to that, it would
1: canceled. Yeah, no, we listening. <laughs> yeah, and like he is another. I saw, I saw him live, and. It was after Great Depression or Great Depression come out and he he was so loose and he probably did like an hour 20. It was almost to the point where like you could feel it in the audience where they're like, listen, man, like we've been laughing for an hour and 20 minutes and you had killer openers like, come on, man, give us a break. <laughs> we're dying.
2: Here. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> like a it's like a machine it's like a machine gun type of thing of like, just you gotta hit it. And that's the best part of it is like, I feel like he, that's the one thing that he always does. It's like, there's always something extra. Yeah. And uh, like, even the last bit of his that I like is just the callback to the, uh, the urgent care joke too. is like the, the one where he talks about gentrification And it's like, Um, it's so great. But it's like, that's the one thing that's really, like, intriguing to me of how you do that in, like, a special in an album to be like, I got to match it. Like, you can't have the, the, that's like the thing that I'm trying to do is like, you can't have, you have to make them wait for the callback. You can't do the callback in the same, like, joke. You have to make it, like, you know, in the future. Yeah. And that's, like, tough to do. Is like memory wise. Yeah. I always yeah. get so envious of that, like memory wise, of like how do you memorize to say everything? Like there's another guy uh that a lot of people don't know because he's a Canadian comic, Kate uh, K Trevor Wilson. And he's the same oh, way. Yeah of,
1: from uh letter Canadian. Yeah.
2: Right? He's the yeah. same way in a stand-up of like calculating of like long form bits and like
1: just word
2: like the word stuff that he uses like <laughs> the, the stuff that he just uses he has this one bit of how like on his uh first album he talks about how he has like three stories it's like how he got um how he got mugged and it's like you know i'm a terrifying looking guy i'm you know almost six foot but i'm 300 pounds and <laughs> i look like duck dynasty <laughs> and it's like it's like I <laughs> and he tells the story about how he burned his like almost burned his house down and he's like you know one of my favorite lines in it's like when you're trying to save your pet they don't know that you're trying to save them it's like i'm i'm trying to save my cat and i'm like get under get out from under the credenza i have very nice furniture (laughs) 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 yeah it's like lines like that it's like you know that's that's the one thing that i always envy about long form stuff it's like how you can just
1: keep an audience like in your grasp of like this
2: is what we're
1: doing and that's that's one of the things that i always say like you know you you write something down try it and like i have a list of all my short jokes yeah because like i know there could be a little place in a bit i write one day where i need to reference how i broke my hip in the first grade or right you know, I like the the one liner is where I'm like, oh man, maybe this this'll come in handy in a bit right in the future. And
2: when when I did uh went to Texas with uh to visit Eric, like the one thing about him that's very tough is like he doesn't like like one liner type of humor. So like I have a couple of that and he's like, You gotta extend this stuff out and I'm like, No, it works as this one liner thing and I was like, Oh, well, that can extend this out and be like, "That's a cool thing to learn," and be like, "Oh, yeah. this does have more to it, more related yeah. to it than just this quick thing." Yeah, yeah.
3: It,
2: it's such a cool thing.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm so envious that you got to see him in person recently because, like, it's the same pers- same thing with like I want to see uh, Sean Patton so badly.
1: Oh yeah. Cause I yeah, saw he's, him he's around, ago. he's fucking, he, he, I think Danny Brath looks in every once in a while. Yeah, so and he just did, at Helium, he did a, an
2: album recording, so I'm, like, happy about that. It's just so funny, because, yeah. like, he released an album last year, and he had an album from 2012, and I was like, when's he have to come out with this, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what I always get, like, so annoying about, it's like, it's a good thing I won't, like, ask or, like, tweet people, because it'd be like, you had an album out in 2006, and you haven't put an album <laughs> <laughs> Well,
1: man, I was just listening to, to Rosebud Baker talk about putting out her, her first special. And I, I realized that, like, it's 10 years of work went into yeah. that. You know, yeah. like, and there's a bit, uh, her, there's like a Just for Laughs competition documentary And, like, one of the bits, this came out, like, six, seven years ago, and one of the bits from that I saw her do on that is on the special. And, like, one, it's got to be so great to, like, finally get something out there as far as getting that joke to a mass audience. But then also, like, now the work begins. (laughs) Right.
2: That's the thing that, like, when I talked with Dan, like, about this is, like, he's already working on like a next special do not for a few years like he's going to have it come out in like 3 years he said but like to already start working on it now when he just had our ridiculous come out yeah it's like
1: well, you got to you got to he's
2: like new is new it. is always better than old and he has so much stuff like i envy so much of how much work he has like he showed me stuff like it's almost I'm like, do you do cocaine or something like to write your jokes? Like, <laughs> how do you have so many folders of different jokes to have and do? Yeah. It's like, you know, it's just so cool to have that. And
1: yeah. yeah but all right. I got to go. So, okay. Uh, yeah. In- yeah. Nation, if you, you're listening to this and you haven't listened to Kyle Kaneen, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Got to do that. Yeah. Thanks so much, man. Uh, yeah. No problem. Jack, you have a good one. All right. You too.
4: Right. Like not knowing him and then being pretty quickly into him. I don't. I think it was. So I have to say it was probably around twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen is where I started to like realize who he was, which right. I feel like is a little late in the Kyle Canadian game. But I at least had the benefit of like a lot of material to right. go through. So I want. I think it was whiskey whiskey Icarus that really caught yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah uh and then after that finding all the stuff beforehand uh like you know um his death of the party and then fi- then and then finding that he had another special out which was i liked this old stuff better yeah and then right. realizing he was the voice of comedy central and yeah. just and just gen- generally being intrigued by like this particular type of comedian
2: the o- earliest memory i have of him is i must have seen his like his half hour maybe or his uh and his album because the next year in like 2011 I went to see uh, Daniel Tosh with my dad in New York and uh I don't remember like anything like when I saw Daniel Tosh I don't remember his show at all it's probably for his 2011 special but like I just remember <laughs> that Kyle Kinane came out and I feel like I was the only one in the audience who knew who Kyle Kinane was yeah, and I felt so bad for him. I was like, "Oh, this guy's," awesome. <laughs> and it's just so cool to like see that transformation, and be like, and what he is doing now, and everything. But yeah, uh, I I uh, don't want to get too far ahead. Like, get into a whole bunch. Uh, which albums do you like the best? Like,
4: that's that's tough. I flip flop between I liked his old stuff better and Loose in Chicago. I think those are just two where, like, I like his most recent album, uh, Trampoline in a Ditch, is really good. But there's just something about those two particular albums that really catch me. Like, there's right. two jokes. There's just two sequences in those particular, um, in those two, two particular album specials that yeah. really, like, just, like, have, have piqued my interest since I've heard them. Um, in uh, I liked his old stuff better. It's, it's the bit, it's the part, it's that chunk of the material where he starts talking about, um, uh, falling in the shower.
3: Oh yeah.
4: Because yeah. for me, that was so interesting to hear. He start about this whole thing about being in like falling in the shower because, you know, so he's just. He's talking about he's talking about the the experience of being his age and being drunk in the shower, and then explaining that he brings drinks into the beer right. and, does, and does material on that. Yeah. And then he's like, "I also got music playing," and his material on the music that he's playing. Right. And then and then he's and then he talks about the experience of listening to the music and what you're doing when you're listening to Motorhead. You're chugging the beers, you're flash dance your problems away. The Commodores come on, you switch gears, you start to be introspective. And then and then he's like thinking, oh, my. And now I'm thinking about love, sweet love. And then he starts talking about love and the different aspects of it and talking about, you know, about how it's just like sometimes it's love, like not like an anvil, but like a little feather that tickles you. And then he explains that and and he goes to that situation. And then he's talking about this one date where he's at, you know, with the woman with the hoop earrings getting into a fight and saying that in that moment he loved her because it was just such a moment. And then another date where just a person brought the pickled eggs, and then after that, he's like, "Yeah, so that's what I was thinking about in the shower." Just that whole sequence of like yeah, the whole moving sequence. farther and farther away, but every time he would lead a new, like a new, like little breadcrumb to be like, "All right, now we're branching off on this top tangent, and that branches off on this, and then we're circling all the way back around to where we started from, and now we're going to end that bit." And it's, fe- it just felt like such a. <clears throat> like a chunk, like you can remove that chunk from the album and listen to it. And it's just, it, you feel like, Oh, it's over, you know? Right. Yeah. And then he's... you go to loose in Chicago and then he talks about all of his gout stuff. And it's very similar, but not the same way where he's just, it, it does feel like he kind of pivots on some things where he'll bring up, I guess, maybe a side. Um, yeah. But it's still all couched in like, because I got gout, this is why I'm talking right. about it. It's, love...
2: it's, that i love um loose in chicago is it just gets to like this period where you just get into it like the same thing with the like shower bit it's like oh he's when he's on a roll with something that's the really awesome part yeah is like my favorite is the like him switching his whole joke about uh like being a vegetarian becoming a vegetarian ish and like like having to create fictional uh, scenarios scenarios for that <laughs> and then my favorite like whole entire bit of that is the uh of that album is when he talks about us uh, having to switch like bodies with yes the freaky past. friday situation <laughs> in terms
4: of like karmic debt yeah <laughs> going back to i don't know if this was part of the recording or part of our pre-interview but talking about that one EP, the suck it EP. Yeah, the second, you could, yeah. You could hear the early version of that, of that joke on there. And it's right. just, you, like you said, it's just <clears throat> what he does. He really like makes it thematically part of the yeah. album as opposed to just these really funny jokes. Right. And I think that was very interesting. You know, I, I mean, I've listened to, obviously I, I'm assuming like yourself, you, you've listened to a bunch of Kyle Kinane, you know? Oh uh,
3: yeah.
4: Uh, interviews. So oh, I just yeah. hear him. He's just talking about how he's like, you know, when I have, when I'm going out I just have like, you know, I'm just recording. Cause I have a new hour and I just don't want to lose the material because eventually I'm going to be done telling the joke and I'm just going to drop it. And he's like, I wonder how much material I've lost in between recordings. And I get, and I get that. Right. I understand just like being bored with something, not so much to the extent that he's saying, but I get that point. Um. Right. But it's just crazy how it feels like l- loose in Chicago. And, um, uh, I liked his old stuff better just felt like very well like it just felt like a really strong for something that wasn't like a Mike Perbiglia's like one man show kind of deal it right. felt very thematically cohesive yeah so it's uh, those two albums for me but I mean I really liked his Trampling in a Ditch but it does kind of feel like what Trampling in a Ditch kind of feels like to me is like here's stuff I was working on pre-pandemic I have a bunch of ideas that no one wanted to do with it like the whole like uh, when with all the promotional stuff with his with like the um animation which i yeah. would have loved to see an entire that
2: story uh it's so like annoying to me now i mentioned this when i had tim on the podcast is uh tina recently came out with a special uh doing the um, same thing i saw doing that the same thing and like the thing that annoyed me was like i saw that she did like a joke that was stolen from family guy and i
3: was like oh shit like
4: well, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's one of those whatever. things where it's like, I don't know if it's stolen from anything. It's I don't more know. just like, I, don't, I don't think it's, stolen I think it's, it's like the like same. I mean, same she's idea. had, I mean, she's had stuff stolen from her. Right. So, yeah. it, but I think it's one, like, I know, like, I know enough about take to know that she doesn't really like focus on like, doesn't watch right. a lot of things. She has a whole show where of she course. like, doesn't know big celebrities and has them on their show and tries to figure out who they are as they're just ta- having an interview.
3: Right. she does so
4: so when i hear like oh she stole a joke it's like no she probably had the same joke and as joe as we both know joke construction can only lead us to some certain places sometimes right but i will say it is you know it is annoying not annoying because it's not it's not like it's tig's fault want to point that out but it's just like it's like like, like, oh this is a good idea kyle had it it would have been nice to see the whole thing but because people don't have the same the same
2: yeah and hear him talk about how like he he asked Comedy Central about it, and like he was the voice of Comedy Central. I, yeah, eight, for nine years.
4: years. Yeah, like, it's. Just, I mean, I think that just that goes down to the like. A, if you want to go a little macro with it, the bigger th- the bigger thought of just like how corporations don't give a crap about the people yeah. who they work with anymore. It's like what's ever going to make them money right now. They're not really interested in long term development. I was just right before we got on. I was reading a story about how like the police. You know, in their third album, how they recorded it, yada yada yada, and there was a line in it is like, "Oh, this was the day back in the day when album, when you know, album uh, companies or record companies would, you know, groom their artists and like be- like would like take losses on their first two albums before, you know, but their third album was the one that was supposed to break them, right?" And I'm right. like, "Yeah, we don't get that a lot. We don't get a lot of like investment. We just get like what's hot right now. And right. at the moment, I don't think Kyle Canaan." Is hot you know not right. not i i just think that's you know the problem is now as comedians at least from where i'm sitting i'm not speaking from a place of, right. of knowledge but it just from where i'm sitting you kind of have to be your own mini media empire oh yeah for sure. and get and get your own audience and then be like this this is what i can bring this is already successful without money. Imagine what you can do with money. I mean, you saw that with Andrew Schultz, you know, Mark Norman now has, because he's got like two podcasts. He's putting out videos every week. And I can tell it's not like he, this is what he wants to do. He just now knows that this is the game. Right. And I don't know. and, And it doesn't seem like Kyle's interested in doing that, you know? Right. To for for better or for worse, but I would have loved to see an entire his entire album because the small snippets we got with his animation of his album was yeah. phenomenal. It was so great because it was like, it was like a hyper realism, but also like, a little absurdist, yeah. you know. It so and it was cool. different animated animated styles. It was it was a very interesting idea. So it's just you know you, you hope that maybe someone will give him the chance but I don't know again if there's any one of that someone who will do that or he'll just start to realize but it all depends on what he wants you know right it's like Um,
2: when I you're talking about podcasts like the only time I ever listened to um dumb people town is when he's on it and I listen to his uh podcast now with boogie monsters like I'm not into like spooky like stuff like that but it's just like interesting to hear him speak and him and dave and yeah. like it's like seeing him do stand. it's like listening to him do stand-up sometimes when he t- just talks about regular things in his life yeah it's like but oh, i think w-
4: <laughs> what i think but most comedians they need to have like their own kind of like interest interest podcast and then one where they just like talk like just talk with a friend you know yeah i feel like that's what they like i feel like you have that with like Like Chris D, and like with him and Sal and their Hey Bay podcast, it just seems like two friends chit chatting about things, and you're just like, you're just feels like you're in the room with them, right? And then I feel like that's the same way right right now with like Mark Norman and Sam Marill. They're, we might be drunk. It's like they have a little bit of a structure around it, but they kind of talk about with whatever they want. You know, it's just, I feel like that you kind of have to have like the. Interesting, like you're like, you're kind of your own niche podcast about talking about what you want. But if you're a comedian, you also need to have like, hey, two buddies hanging out kind of podcast right. and like just chit chatting about whatever and just riffing on things. Because I think that's just what people want right now is this like, I mean, especially probably mo- now more than ever after people spent a year in, them, in their house by themselves and people still might be doing that. like right. They just want to feel like they're a part of something, right? And I just think that that's something that I, I don't know. I That's that's the theory I have. Again, not speaking from a place of expertise, just from a place of like, this is what I seem because I enjoy like those podcasts. I listen to those podcasts because it is it's fun. It's not like it's it just feels like it's like a it's just like, oh, there's no expectations. People are not here to plug anything. Doesn't right. feel super commercial. Just feels like, hey, these are our interests. This is what we want to talk about. Yada, yada, yada. Right. But. If we're going back to Kyle Kanane specifically, what I was going with before with Trampling in a Ditch, it just feels like here's the stuff that I was working on pre-pandemic. Right. Um, I haven't recorded. And because I need more material, here's a bunch of stories I've been telling for years that just never made it onto anywhere that I just I threw on there as well. And so that's interesting. It's a very interesting time capsule for Kyle Kanane.: Yeah, that was I,
2: cool when I saw um, I looked up like an old interview. And I was like, "Oh, he had that that story about the terrifying Randy was an old old thing." Yeah, which he mentioned so like from years years ago. Yeah,
4: so it's just it's a very it's a very like interesting album. It's not it's not like as I said, um, thematically cohesive as right. Loose in Chicago or I like his old stuff better because right. you can hear like you, like if we're gonna talk about the progression of Kyle katine you know, Death of the Party from what i heard was just like some like. A special thing you know record company putting yeah, out those records for to, you do, do want you want to do one and he's like yes so he threw together 10 minute sets and it worked it was a great time it feels like he said it felt like the greatest hits of of his career at that what up I love until about that point
2: that, that uh, album is the <laughs> the the theme behind it is totally cool of being like sort of giving up but not giving up in a way. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's, it's like, like
4: giving giving up, but not giving in. You know, yeah, giving like, up on like, like the ultimate. Like this is going. I'm going. To, I'm going places. Like no, I've gone to the places I've gone to. So now I'm just talking right. about what I've seen and It's so you know.
2: weird to, for him to be like, yeah, this is like you know, not the end, but he's like, you know, this is just it. This, and then he mentions like the minor thing. He's like, oh, I quit my job. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like now you get to do this. And yep. I I love. I just love the the long form stuff I really like from him just the way that he has with words and everything yeah. with that and another thing that I'm a big like fan of with what he does is uh the references like whether are obscure or like really popular culture things it just is like
4: yeah, but he makes it work somehow. Like he I've heard other people somehow. where they would throw in references, and people like, "Yeah, I don't even know where to begin." Like he could still make right. them work, and that's coming from clearly a lot of years of like trying out references that probably didn't work, right. but figuring out the stuff that does. Um, but if we're going, uh, what was oh you had you you said something that made me like that I had a thought and now I can't remember um, it. But the,
2: I was gonna say it was like the uh, the um bit that I wanted to say. Well, this... Him talking about his parents in uh Trampoline in the Ditch, that whole entire chunk.
4: Oh at the at the end, yeah.
2: Yeah, where he talks about his family and
4: that was that was the closest that I felt like he had to the previous two albums in that sense.
2: Yeah. Where I love that and the just him talking about <laughs> Cameron and everything
4: yeah yeah you know that was it's it's really good what what you were saying with the whole, and I remember my thought now is his idea of like with the 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 what he said on a podcast once oh uh, in one interview. Was he's really good at taking a five minute great joke and beating the hell out of it yeah, into a fifteen yeah. minute mediocre joke, which I don't necessarily agree. I know he's talking about. He's just like, right. if you if you're worried about brevity, yeah, do doing what he you know doing what he does isn't necessarily. But that's what I do too, and that's why I think I'm dr- drawn to him is that like at least what my writing habits are drawn to. Right, may, maybe not to the same effect as he yeah. does, but it's just like it's like taking all of the ideas that you're now bringing up in like a new joke or even a punchline and then expanding on that as opposed to transitioning into a new thought, you know? So, but, and that's why I've, some of my jokes have like, we go a little bit further out from, from the joke, but then we come back because like I said about some of my favorite bits is where he'll take you farther away from the initial joke, but then bring you back. Right. Yeah. And, and that is something that I am very interested in even in in like like a smaller format or a smaller like scale than he does like that's what i love is is like he'll he'll just like you know take the idea of like all right so this so i'm telling anything that happened in maybe like an anecdote but to make it a story you need to start filling in the details like how did i feel what did i smell what did i see and just like commenting on those things and then just kind of bringing the whole world in to make it a more fuller experience for you and the audience. It's that's that's like, right. oh, when I heard that, that was um that was a uh, uh, I, I don't know. I know you actually are aware of the uh hot breath group on Facebook, correct? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, before the album, I guess he was just doing as many podcasts and he did that particular Q&A section. And that was my question. Like, well, how do you fill out so much time? And he's like, that's all you got to do. Bring in the stuff from from the story that you're telling and start, like, you know, bringing in those thoughts and those senses and those feelings and then just, like, you know, expressing them in the joke. It'll make the joke fuller that way.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's one of the influences that I get from him and from, like, Dan Flash is being able to, like, make a bit longer. But the, the problem with it is my stuff can be, you know, I love the – line that Daniel Tosh has in his uh, first special where he talks about, like, his style is, like, where, you know, he talks about something until people don't understand it, and only, like, two people in the crowd know it. He's like, that's a good style. That doesn't make you famous.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Where you get so niche and and drill it down to such a point where you're, like, only the people who I live with understand this now. I
2: I always have one bit a year of, like, that it's that, and... Yeah,
4: it's I mean like, those are the ones you gotta you gotta I guess have the self awareness to so, be like oh okay I this think, isn't like, this isn't working. I with, gotta
2: make sure that like if I want this to be a long, like cohesive bit, people have to like it. That's the problem. Yes. <laughs> I oh I think like
4: I mean it. I mean you wanna do what you wanna do for sure, but at the right. end of the day, someone's gotta like it. It can't right. just be you. Like, you're not longest, performing to yourself.
2: Like everyone knows, like I tried to make the Kanye West chunk work and it didn't.
4: Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe that that's one of those things of, you come back to, like you don't ever throw. Cemetery. it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, those, those are the kind of bits where you're like, Hey, let me put that away and maybe I'll come back and I'll have a better angle or a better take on it than I right. do now. Because, you know, if if you're interested in it, obviously ride towards it, but you know, yeah, if it's I just not, if it's not working, but
2: it's like, you know, I just, uh, that was one thing that was being, that was for me. It was, getting it's the setup that can be tough because you want to get to the good part you always want to get to the good like to the punchline really quick and you gotta be like well i have to do all this setup
4: for that show. <laughs> yeah yeah I, I get that but sometimes you have to, it's you not know. You have to. You yeah gotta, you gotta you gotta and you gotta figure out but you do but then you have to be self-aware enough Be like all right if this isn't you know if this isn't if the setup isn't working if, what do I need? What do people need to know to get to make this punchline work? Because sometimes right. I can be a little bit more verbose in my first draft, and I have to be like, right. "We should probably bring this back a little bit there, bud." <laughs> like, yeah. do you need this? Do you need that? And just start, you know, moving things away until it stops working, and you go, "Oh, I need to bring something back in because that's part of the context."
2: Right. I always feel like now the hard thing with just the general part of comedy now, state of comedy now, is whenever I perform in front of an audience, like an actual audience like when i do uh murphy's yeah like that is such a different vibe from nip and tuck that is like so much better for me and i don't know why it's
4: like well but it's, it could be it could be comedian like you a, know
2: balance of like you know there's an audience and stuff and yeah to me i always feel like that's when my material feels like the most like okay this is like
4: well i mean because okay. you know you, you, you if you're doing the same jokes for the same comedians, it's not like yeah com- like you know i mean isn't the, isn't <laughs> isn't the part of comedy surprise and it's just like there's no surprise for those comedians anymore right you know yeah. for better or for worse which is why this which is when you can go in the opposite direction where you're like you're just writing new material because you're seeing the same comedians but you're never like working on that that material you're always just like throwing it away to do you know to do new material, so that was the problem I was running into. I was like just trying to constantly come up with new material, which is why I'm like, all right, I need to like broaden my mic horizon so I can run into different comedians and like because I know you know it's like I know I'm not always going to get the best reaction from comedians, but you know there'll still be like one or two people laughing, and I go right. all right that you know that might mean this is something it's it's worth it's worth um you know uh investigating further essentially and you know that's and if if we're gonna tie this back to kyle canadian it just feels like you know if it's worth it then you need to really like ex- like expand on that bit as much as you can i feel like right you know and I, I, I know there's there's obviously um um merit to doing one-liners but it's just like the way that I feel like for me to build material and this is me personally is just work like, like what he would do where you just really beat the hell out of that material and you squeeze it for everything it's worth and not like tagging on it all the time, but like just finding new angles on things you've said, either in like a new premise or a way you're setting it up and just expanding from there because then just, it just makes it feel fuller because it feels like you're talking about A topic but from different angles
2: oh yeah for sure like to me that's the that's the one thing that i always have like when i mention, like that's the one thing that i want to that i always want to do is i always just want to expand on that and make my stuff longer like the thing i'm happy about now that i learned to do and i talk about this a whole bunch with people on the regular podcast is i i pride myself on like I try not to be too rude about it. Like I know a lot of people that take like way too many like comedy classes.
3: And yeah. I mean, me, like,
2: it ruins the fun for me to think of that. I'm like, I like that. I am self-taught. I like that. It took me basically two years to learn how to write an actual joke. Yeah. I like now that I like recently, like I, I really wanted to learn how to write callbacks and I ended up learning how to do that. And it's like, yeah, it's it's that sort of new thing. So now I'm just trying to, to I, I think
4: I, I I will say I, I don't want to defend comedy because I've really I've only done like one and it was online and it wasn't like I was in a class. It was just right. instructional videos. Right. Yeah. And I and I bought books just to like get the the understanding down. You know, I think the problem is you'll have people who I think I think the problem is it's like I think it's the same issue that you have with um, improv comedy. But right. It's it it, it kind of has a, a a feature of stand up comedy as a feature of like pushing the pushing the crap out that <laughs> improv doesn't have. And I'll expand right now. <laughs> right. Is that um in so you have stand-up comedy classes, and I, I've never been in those classrooms, but no, I've seen I've seen the people who come out of it, and I could tell you that there's a lot of like at least in the ones that I've seen. So this is specifically to the central Jersey area, is that there's a lot of like older gentlemen who are going in who think they're funny. Right. They go into a class, and I don't know what they're doing in there, but it feels like their ego is being stroked and then they're coming out thinking they're hot shit, and then they go to do a real open mic, like a real open mic, and and someone, and and it could be a really tough one, just based on the situation. I'm specifically thinking of Scotty's, you know? Right. And they can do a real open mic, and that could be a real bitch of a mic, you know? Oh, yeah. So, that could be a real pain in the ass, and now I... You can go you can get like a fifty-nine year old getting up on stage and being like, It's okay, I'm fine with the silence. And they bring up the fact that they're fine with the silence like ten times in their sets. Like sounds like you're not fine with the silence. Right. But it just seems like you're trying to convince everyone else that you're fine with the silence.
2: I think so. That's the one thing that you can't really the the stuff that you can't teach is the stuff no no
4: and i think that's i think comedy classes can teach nuance. you how to write a joke i think it, but i just think but i think the problem is with anything you can come in the teacher can come in with their own biases and if you don't realize that that's the case you can think that there's only a one way to write a joke and there's only one way to do this and you can come in with a very like skewed whereas if you do open mics a lot you could start to see that there's a lot of different lot of different paths to get to a laugh you know oh yeah for sure but the i will i want to just want to finish off my what what i think the problem is with improv <laughs> in, the, right. in the because because you can like those people will do mics for probably a month realize they're not getting out of it what they're putting into it and then we'll stop right right like that's just that's how that's how stand-up comedy works like it's just like if you're not good at it and you're not stubborn you're getting the hell out i mean we've obviously seen people who are still good or uh, who so are, so are still doing it who just were like man you probably should have quit a while wa- a while ago you know right. especially if you're bitter about it oh yeah but I mean, with improv comedy you could do that you can take the classes and then you can get on a team and then you can kind of put on these shows and it just but, but because you have like a support system of a team Everyone could be mediocre and be like we were so good tonight and you just get yeah. that affirmation and you could be an improv comedy f- which is and then you could do and then people see of comedy shows and they're just awful because it's just five right. teams of that and just people why... self congratulating yeah. but with stand up comedy you're very like that's like it's a it's a bitch we were we were i don't know if we did it on the on the recording or not but it's like man why am i not getting on shows but at the same time when you go to a stand-up comedy show i feel like more often than not you're probably going to get a good experience because oh yeah there's a True. self-regulation of like getting the crap out you know
2: oh yeah to me i always i always look back at like doing improv for so long way more mm-hmm. than i wanted to and to me getting stuck in that era was both the like just the community. Of exactly. It. And I, w- I
4: worked at I worked at Chuck E. Cheese for way longer than I wanted to, and that's because of the stupid community of friends I made. Right. It's the same thing. It's like, it's like oh, I thing. don't need to make more money. I'm just going to I'm just going to hang out with my best friends while in a mouse costume. You know, right. it's just like there's no. It's the same thing. It's just like you get caught up in the community. A, a community can be good, but if you're looking to expand and grow, a community can be hampering sometimes. Right.
2: And I I just look at that time period of like, and it's so weird to me how the age was for me. Like I I look at people now and how they start. I'm always like so interested in that. Like I always ask people like the age I, of when they got into comedy. Like, what age do you do you feel like you started at the right time? Because I started very young. Uh, well, like I was like 16 when I started doing improv, and then twenty one yeah. when I started doing stand-up, And it's so, like. It's just crazy now to think of the years going by and everything. And to me I always have to remind myself like personally like oh, I'm still so young. <laughs> yeah,
4: I mean yeah, cuz you started so young. Yeah. For sure. So it's
2: like it's like that thing of like oh, it's like yeah. Because you look at like where you're at I'm like, you know. You look at your age or like the people that you look up to and you're like you know, it's like oh. Yeah, it's
4: and it, it is for for me it's funny cuz I started at like, you know, 29 and a half into 30 and i'm like i'm looking up to people who are like seven years older than me i'm like that should that shouldn't be the people who like get it it shouldn't be but it's just like i don't know that i think that speaks more to my youthful attitude than it does to like my actual age because technically i'm like i'm about to hit middle age but i'm like there is no way anyone be like that guy's middle age you know exactly
3: (laughs)
2: yeah Yeah. so do you have like i know we talked a little bit about them Mm -hmm. but do you have like a favorite like most favorite cow canane joke bit oh
4: like i said there was there's a lot but i'm trying to think that maybe there was something that would be you know i will say uh, it's it's like i said i have my favorite sequence of jokes and the 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 two from that i mentioned in loose in chicago and and uh and i like this old stuff better uh those two sequences of the gout and the shower bit but i think the one that really gets me because it just it it's like it's another longer bit, but it's not nearly as long. And but it does kind of it's the end bit from uh, I like this old stuff. I, I like this old stuff better where you start talking about thinking about his past and whatnot. Oh, and the yeah. repressed memories, because like he leads into that talking about, you know, the whole what's it called? Um, Like how people in in California will do recreational therapy or whatnot. Right. And that's funny. That's good. But really, when it gets into the date. And just his slow, like, like he tells the audience up front the end of the like, what should be the surprise? Where yeah, the I fact that the gr- that the that he, a 22 year old, is now about to have a sexual act performed on him by a 16 year old right. due to a miscommunication. He, he tells you, the
2: same, he has the same sort of style of joke in uh, trampoline in a ditch when he talks about his mom.
4: Yes. Uh, yes. The the very similar. I think. But, but I think. I don't know. I don't know if it's just because he had more time with it on on. I but I think this is the superior version of, yeah, of yeah. That, that kind of. It is like, like, like he. But yes, very similar in that sense, where he'll give you the ending. Yeah, like we'll he'll you tell. Ending. He'll tell. He'll tell you. What? But and then it's but the joy know. of finding out how he got to that realization and then, and then the statement of like, you better hurry up then. like that like it's just like, because he didn't tell you everything. He gave you enough to be like, so when you're hearing the story, you're already giggling to yourself as right. to like, oh boy, look, it's it's dramatic irony at its best yeah, where course, you yeah. know something that the character doesn't.
3: Yeah and
4: like, and and the and the guy get, you know the person in the story the older version of that character just told you what's about to happen but man getting to that point of like you know seemingly drunk and like oh don't jump ahead you know like that right, that like he's being ahead. playful with it it's a lot yeah. it's so fun just like I love that that's something that else I think that there's a there's a playfulness to Kyle Kane Oh yeah there's that there's, there's, that I think that I'm like it. I really am drawn to. Like I think like if if I was to kind of break myself DNA wise, I would like like if if I was to be the perfect version of myself right, right. now like what comedian I'd like to be, I'd like to have like kind of the playfulness of um uh, of Kyle Kinane and, and 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 the ability to expand on a joke. I would love the joke writing prowess of a John Mullaney. Oh and yeah. then and then the kind of shuckness of Pete Holmes, you know? Oh yeah. I think those yeah, would be like three, the three yeah, cross like three of section of like, I mean yeah. it just seems like I'm saying the three whitest people in the world <laughs> no, is like, one, like, but I yeah. mean it's who <laughs> I am as a person. Yeah, but I don't know what you you like yeah.
2: to me I always I always that's the one thing that's I always feel like I'm it's obvious who i'm sort
4: of yeah yeah you you wear your influences on your sleeve and
2: like people like oh you're so like (laughs) you're like oh you're so like creative i'm like no like unique i'm like no it's like when i started out i was mark maron jr
4: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean we all we all i mean especially starting out you. yeah but that's that's kind of where like my my like i want like i just like Not we're not to bring in too many other comedians and talk about them and dilute the Kyle Kinane love fest that we're having here. But that would be like the three. But like that playfulness of just like oh, don't don't jump ahead, you know, because like there's just things about Kyle Kinane that I will never. It will never resonate like he just lived a more peppered life than I have. Right. I have certain things in my life that I'm starting to bring into my act that I'm just like these are very interesting stories that I know not a lot of people have but like right. Kyle Kinane has that clearly in spades and I'll just never have that level of that that kind of barfly right. delivery. It's like um,
2: It's always interesting the things you relate to even if you don't fully yeah. relate to the kind of person they are like the just the stuff when he ever talks about you know his, like I don't think he has like depression or anything, but like when he talks about the negative stuff, it's like yeah, that's like you know, yeah, I love the, because uh,
4: there's a, there's always a part I think there's always a part of people that is like yeah. oh I've been depressed, but like it's not chronic album. depression, it's just like more of a quick depression. You know, I love like, on
2: his first album when he does uh he actually fixes the joke because he he mess he fixes it on he does it again on uh, whiskey Icarus is uh the joke about falling asleep.
4: Well, yes. Like yeah. Where movie. he kind of, he kind of stumbles a little in bit the in the in, yeah.
2: album, which is just so like, it, it's so cool to look back then and be like, yeah, he, but it's so real. It's like, he does yeah. that joke and he stumbles on his words and then he does it in the next album again. But I love that. I love that bit where he's like, you know, the English standard called me weak and misanthropic.
4: Yes. I, like, I, don't, know what that I means. don't know what that means. Again, the playfulness of it. Yeah. It's a lot. Of, it's that, that, there's just something, there's something very like, he's like, uh I've seen a lot of things, but also it could be a little fun about it. You know, right. it's just it, that, right. which is, exactly. which really belies like his very gruff yeah. talking voice and like his Another... more gruff exp- a, 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 exterior his appearance but like that little like you want to have fun a little bit you know it's just that 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 always i think that just really like speaks to me and tickles me a lot
2: that's true that's there's like that that reminds me of so many things it's like the the um the two introductory jokes of like i think whiskey icarus and uh death of the party
4: Yes. Yeah. You know, like, well, death, oh, death of the party says, was uh, was like... yeah. When he has the uh, you know, I'm a I'm a hero when I get my new animal from the animal shelter, my new pet from yeah. the animal shelter. But I'm I'm considered a monster when I get my new girlfriend from the woman's shelter. You know, uh, I that's that I, I mean, yeah. he said that that was like a silly joke that he said just to kind of clear his throat, right. and then the the one where it's just like it, which is a classic, like here I am in this in this yeah. town. Like, let, this me, yeah. let me oh let me yeah. <laughs> but yeah like whereas like other comedians might like poke fun where he's like oh no this is this is fun this is a good thing that here's something silly about this town yeah it is it is a very like he's coming off that's what i think what i love about him he's never coming off as like this mean guy he's just coming off as like you know this right like he just looks like he's a trucker with a with a fun with a cart of gold you know (laughs) yeah
2: what i love about him is like and it's the same thing that i love about p holmes i love about jim gaffigan is it's knowing who you are like you're not playing a character no thing but you know the persona of yourself like
4: and you can and yes and of course you can like expand on it and go further than what real life actually brings but it's uh, it it just feels like it's true to the character regardless like
2: like the first on death of party when he's like he does that whole chunk where he's like no one's gonna get like surprised Yes. They think of me as someone who would argue at a red lobster with someone at the moon landing was And then he does that whole bit of like the uh on um trampling in a ditch about the being an aging partier.
4: Yeah, I mean he's just he's commenting on himself at different points in his life.
2: Completely. It's yeah, like it's just so cool to see it's cool and it that's just and, and,
4: and it must be so easy to write for when you're like aware of yourself in yeah, that sense you know, like, to oh, be, be like okay that. this is what these these this is what the assumptions are of me and what i'm dealing with and this is what i'm writing towards it's as opposed yeah. to like trying to figure out what's happening in the world and can i joke about you know that's right you know it's 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 something that i i find very admirable about yeah. And he's not
2: a political comic, but when he does political commentary, it's surprisingly like
4: it's pointed. When he when he gets there, he he clearly has a point of view on things and has opinions, and he doesn't. I and that's something else where it's just like unless it's like really funny, he's not going to bring his opinion into it. But when he does, he will make sure that his opinion is well backed up.
2: Like his gun control stuff is, you know, none of his gun control stuff is just like it's just so great. It's.
4: Cause yes, while he is while he is making a point, he is also you know pointing out the silliness of it.
2: Right. It's it's really really cool. I love that's just the one thing that I love. I, I I try not to mention like you know like we said like any other comedian because I want to focus on one person. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if you know uh, him. He has a couple albums on Spotify, and he's on a show called Leonard Ketty. Uh, do you know who K. Trevor Wilson is? I am aware of him. Yeah, yeah. Very, yeah.
4: very, very similar vibe very for sure.
2: Similar to how I feel like with his one of his albums, his first album, I love uh, um, "Sex, Cup, Fire, Penis," and it's the same thing of like just telling stories and just everything.